When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Peterson, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the show. It's spring break week here, and that feels like the perfect time to clean, organize, and get ready for the upcoming season. That can also include changing of the quilts. As you're packing away seasonal quilts, it's the perfect time to take a look at if any of them need to be cleaned. We're rerunning this episode from last spring with great tips for cleaning your quilts. Elizabeth also chats with Heather Briggs of My So Quilty Life. First, we'll hear from Lindsay with those quilt cleaning tips. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. This time of year is also a great time to wash and clean the quilts in your home, especially since they've probably gotten a lot of use over the winter months or you may be changing them out to celebrate a new season. But washing quilts can be an intimidating experience. Uh, I remember when I first started quilting, I didn't wash quilts for years because I was terrified I would ruin it or the colors will bleed. So I have a few tips to share about how to clean your quilts. First, let's chat about spot cleaning. So quilts on display in your home, um, and even those in storage, are susceptible to dust, dirt, stains, and odors. If they're quilts, such as display quilts, like those on a quilt ladder, a wall, or even a table that's food and drink free, these quilts may not need to be washed. They just may need to be freshened. So if a quilt is dusty or dirty, you can shake a quilt outdoors to loosen the dust and dirt. You can also use a lint roller to pick up dust, uh, pet hair too, or dirt. And then for stubborn dust and dirt, you can cover the end of a vacuum hose with a nylon pantyhose and just gently draw the hose over the quilt's surface. If the quilt has odors, Spread a clean bed sheet on the grass, out of direct sunlight. Lay your quilt on top of the sheet for a few hours outdoors. That usually does the trick. If the quilt is small, you could also hang it from a clothesline instead. For stubborn odors, lightly spray the quilt with distilled white vinegar and let it air dry. If the quilt has a stain, Mix a few drops each of liquid laundry detergent and water. Then you can use a clean cloth or a soft toothbrush to just gently scrub the stain with that mixture. Um, I've also heard people say you can use baby shampoo. Then blot the stain with a clean damp cloth and then just repeat that process until the stain is removed and then you can let it air dry. Okay, next, let's talk about washing. 
So washing quilts can cause fabrics to fade over time and can be abrasive to thread and fibers. So generally, the less washing, the better. So if a quilt is used only in certain seasons, such as, you know, for a holiday, you can just wash it once a year or before you put it back into storage. But quilts that get everyday use, such as bed quilts, should be washed seasonally. So here are two options for washing your quilt. You can wash by machine. So we recommend to use cold water, a mild detergent, and the delicate or hand wash cycle on your machine. And it's always best to wash quilts by themselves, at least in the beginning, in case the fabric dye runs. You can also wash a quilt by hand. So you would add cold water to a clean, make sure it's clean, tub, sink, or even a plastic storage container and thoroughly dissolve detergent in the water before you add the quilt. Then just gently agitate the quilt to release dirt, rinse the quilt by draining and refilling the tub as many times as needed, and then just press the excess water out of the quilt before removing it from the tub. Uh, sometimes wet quilts can be very heavy, so if you're running into a problem lifting it out of the tub, you can use a large towel or a cotton sheet to lift the quilt out. There's no right or wrong answer to choosing to wash by hand or machine. Uh, it's really up to your comfort level, but there are some special considerations to take. So for instance, antique hand-pieced or hand-appliqued quilts, um, and quilts with a lot of embellishments like beads, buttons, or embroidery shouldn't be washed unless necessary. It's really best to spot clean them. But if they must be washed, it's better to do those quilts by hand because you can be very careful and protective of the embellishments and the hand piecing work on your quilts. Now let's talk about drying your quilts. Before drying your quilt, you want to wring as much excess water from it as you can. So just gently squeeze it starting on one end and working to the other. Or you can also run a quilt through a quick spin cycle in your washing machine. So here are two options for drying a quilt. You can dry a quilt by machine. To avoid shrinking the quilt and heat damage, to the fabric and thread, you want to tumble dry your quilt on low heat and take it out of the dryer while it's still a little damp and then let it finish air drying. You can also air dry the whole quilt. To do this, lay the quilt flat on a layer of towels or even a large drying rack that can support the weight of the quilt. And you can use a fan to speed up the drying process. Uh, because wet quilts are heavy, it's really best to not hang them from a clothesline or even a shower curtain rod because the seams at the points where it's hanging can start to weaken or even tear with all that weight. And since we're talking about washing, I want to share three of my favorite products for washing quilts. Shout color catchers are a must in my book. So you throw one into the wash with your quilt and it captures running dye. Um, and if your fabrics are known for running, you know, such as reds and blues, sometimes bleed more than other 
colors, you can throw in more color catchers. There's been times I've thrown in five or six just to be extra safe. So I use a color catcher every single time I wash my quilts um, until the color sheet comes out clean. Um, so you can find these in the laundry aisle. I also gift color catchers with the quilts anytime I make a quilt for someone so that they can safely wash it on their own. Another product is a gentle detergent. So you can protect the fabrics from chemicals and colors and detergent by choosing one free from dyes and perfumes. So most major brands now do offer dye-free options. And the last product are wool dryer balls. So dryer balls lift and separate sections of your quilt as they tumble in the dryer, which can cut drying time by up to 25%. And less drying time means your quilt has less exposure to harmful heat. So those are just some of my favorites. Personally, I machine wash all of my quilts with color catchers. I've only had one quilt ever bleed dye, so I feel very lucky and hopefully I'm not jinxing myself by saying that out loud. Uh, and then I tumble dry my quilt in my dryer and take it out when it's still a little damp to air dry. But I encourage everyone to try a few different methods and you'll eventually adjust to the way that works best for you and your lifestyle. And of course, these are just general guidelines they're your quilts. You can wash and dry them in whatever way you'd like. Uh, but I do hope that these tips took some of the guesswork out of how to clean your quilts if you had questions. We're going to take a quick ad break, and when we come back, we'll hear Elizabeth chat with Heather Briggs. Welcome back. Elizabeth chatted with Heather in April of 2022, and since then, her quilt, Christmas Garland, was featured on the cover of the December 2022 issue. I also had the pleasure of meeting Heather at QuiltCon in Atlanta, and she's just as sweet and fun as she sounds. Now I'll turn it over to Elizabeth. Well, Heather, I am just so excited to be talking with you today about quilting. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, this is great. So when I talk to quilters, I always love to hear kind of like how they first got started quilting. And I feel like oftentimes it's like they discover quilting through a family member or a friend, or, you know, maybe they want to make a quilt for a special occasion. So they go to their local quilt shop and they take a class. But I think you have a somewhat unique story that's different to that. Can you share a little bit about your story with us? Yeah. Um, well, first, I, I grew up in a really crafty household. Um, I remember growing up, my dad and, and my mom were always cross-stitching, knitting, um, crocheting, just everything. So I kind of started getting um, enamored into all things, all crafts at a very young age. Um, and I went to a babysitter who actually quilted. Her whole dining room table was filled with her sewing machine at the end and her fabric and her old cookie jars with buttons and everything. Um, but I wasn't into it then mm -hmm. it wasn't until um i was a photographer so this is like the different story yeah. um it wasn't until i was a photographer and i was taking pictures of babies i was a newborn family photographer and i was looking for different ways to make my photos stand out so i was looking for certain photo props and i started to see pieces of old quilts pop up when i was looking for props and i'm like huh 
that would be really cool. You know, they're kind of old and dingy and falling apart. So they're essentially a cutter quilt at that moment. Um, But I just loved how the little babies were positioned so beautifully on these quilt pieces. And I'm like, I've got to make one. At and first, who doesn't, like, who doesn't love yeah. a baby in a quilt, right? I know. Two of the best things. <laughs> yeah. Two of the best things. Yes. <laughs> My favorite things. Um, so I thought, oh, I could just go to a thrift store or a flea market and find one. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. They're hard to come by. Or even just a quilt that I was looking for was hard to come by. So I decided, okay, I know how to sew. I'm crafty. I can totally make one. And when I say make one, I wanted a grandmother's flower garden quilt. I started seeing those super cute hexagons, just everything. They're just, the pastel colors are just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it can't be that hard, right? I can sew, I can sew, I can do this. So I learned kind of what it entailed to make a grandmother's flower garden using English paper piecing. And I thought, oh, wow, I don't even have to use a sewing machine. I can do this from anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I went to my local quilt shop and I found all these 1930s reproduction prints. And I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to make this quilt. I'm going to make the top. I'm going to hand quilt it all. And then I'm going to cut it up. I'm going to make it rough. I'm going to make it look antique so that it like fits with the photos and doesn't look so new. Well, after I got about halfway done making that quilt top, I was like, there is no way I am going to distress this quilt or touch it at all in any bad manner. I cannot. It took so long. It took about um, um, six months to complete the top. And that was working on it off and on um, because I still was in architecture school at the time. So I had very little time anyway. I'm just really ambitious. So I take on all the things. And then I ended up finishing, I I hand quilted it all and hand bound it. I didn't know what I was doing, but I finished it. Um, Yeah. And that kind of got me like, wow, this is like something I can do. It's still along the lines of crafting and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, I quickly quit photography and started quilting. And then you you got the bug. I got the, oh my, I got bit by the bug. (laughs) So um, in 2018 was when I pieced, machine pieced my first quilt. Um, Like I said, I had sewn most of my life, but I didn't realize it was a lot different with like the seam allowance and Mm -hmm. no backstitch and just matching up things correctly. So um, yeah. So then in 2018, I made my first piece quilt and the rest is history. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. I love that you just jumped right in with that grandmother's flower garden and you were just like, yep, I can do this. And like, that is, that is a not easy pattern to start it's with. Not. It's not. And after research, it's like many of the quilt tops actually never get finished or even quilted into a top because it takes so long and it is so hard. Yeah. Um, but I knew that if anything, if I never quilted again, I wanted this quilt finished mm-hmm. and I wanted it done. So I, that kind of gave me the motivation to, to really get it finished. Yeah. And do you still have that quilt today? I do. I do. And you still love it. I love it so much. I really want to make another one, but it just took so long. (laughs) I don't know if I can finish it and I don't want to start it if I can't finish it. So would you say that that's kind of how you approach a lot of things in your life? You're like, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to learn and I'm going to teach myself and I'm going to jump right in. Absolutely. With everything. Like I said, I'm very ambitious and I don't, I don't like the word no, or I can't because I feel like I can do so many things. Why can't I do that thing? And so I kind of just take that um, into my everyday life, um, just figuring out, okay, 
I have this end goal. How am I going to get there? It might look messy, but I'm going to get there. Mm -hmm. It might not happen tomorrow. It might not happen a month, but I will make it happen. And I kind of just use that as my way to navigate things that I really want to do in life or really want to accomplish. Yeah. Sounds like you have a great motivational, like spirit and drive. I do. (laughs) (laughs) And you also have, you know, like this entrepreneurial spirit too, because you, you know, got into quilting you have started making quilts and then all of a sudden you're like, this wasn't that long ago. And then in 2020, you decided you were going to launch a pattern business and you just like went all in. So can you tell (laughs) us a little bit about that side of the business? Yeah. So I started, um, I was working as an architectural designer um, in the healthcare field. So I was designing hospitals and healthcare facilities. And right when COVID happened was when I was kind of, you know, really into my career and I, I started feeling like, what did I do? Like, I went to school for six years, got a master's degree in architecture, but it wasn't filling all the cups for me. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, so I started feeling that a little bit around COVID. Um, and then when COVID really hit and we had to stay at home and like with every mother or every father out there, just that time that you got back with your family, it really made me realize the important things in life. And so I was like, okay, I'm working about 60 plus hours a week. I'm drowning in work. I'm just not in a good headspace, but I had quilting at the time that, you know, I got to do on the weekends. And so in May of last year, so almost a year, um, I walked into my boss's office and said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I want to be a mother. I want to be at home. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to do the things that are important to me. Life is so short. I have one son. He's almost 12. I've got eight, eight years more with him in the home. I'm like, I can't even imagine that. So I decided to step away from my profession. And in 2020, I had started doing some patterns and that's when I started my So Quilty Life. And I said, okay, if I put as much effort that I was putting into my career into something that I truly love, where could it be in five, 10, 15 years, maybe nowhere, but maybe somewhere. Right. And at least I get to be at home. So I started, um, my so quilty life, the pattern company in October of 2020, um, after looking for a pattern, a pumpkin pattern. I had this beautiful all hollows Eve fabric from fig tree. And I was like, I just didn't see anything that I actually love. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I will start, I'll make this my own pattern, but I had no intentions of truly releasing it and putting it on the market. I just started sharing it on my Instagram and Facebook. And people were like, what's the pattern name? I'm <laughs> like, um, new quilt that she's making. I don't know. Um, so I was like, all right, if I can design complex healthcare facilities, surely I can write a quilt pattern, right? Right. No idea what I was doing. <laughs> Still feel like sometimes I'm like, I hope I'm, it's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, I'll give myself some grace and I'll learn along the way. And um, that's kind of where it's at now. So I just, yeah. I, I was just like, I've got to do this. I've got to pour my life effort into doing something that I love because I wasn't doing something that I love. And I know many of people, many people can relate to that. So I feel like quilting has definitely been, especially in the last two years, that, that happy place for people, their like creative outlet, their like kind of Mm -hmm. their healing thing that helps Uh with like overall wellness and happiness. So I think that's incredible. And so 
brave of you to make that transition. Um, yeah, it was, incredible. it was nerve wracking. You know, I went to school and I excelled really well. And if my professors knew that I had quit, I don't even know if they do. I haven't changed my LinkedIn at all. I'm nervous. <laughs> um, they would be like, what? Mm. She quit architecture. Are you serious? <laughs> but you know, I'm able to use everything I've learned in schooling, in my profession to make this business or make this quilting life something good. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I never look back and I'm like, I wasted so much time trying to go to be an architect because I didn't waste any time. If anything, it really, it it made me who I am and where I'm going now. It was just a little journey. You know, it's never a straight line. It's always all over the place until you get to where you're going. And that's kind of been my journey. Yeah. And would you say that your background in architectural design and even your, you know, your love of photography has helped you in this quilting business. I can, I can see how that would influence you strongly. Oh, absolutely. So I loved working with shapes and and just designing in general. That is my biggest passion in life is just creating something that's not already there or just making something beautiful. And so, yes, I would definitely say, you know, having an architecture background, I was designing buildings Mm -hmm. and it's not that much different than a quilt, although quilts are not three dimensional. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to worry about all sides. I can worry about, you know, a 2D object. Um, And so, yeah, it definitely influenced a lot of my, I mean, I know how to research. I know especially how to coordinate and, you know, meet internal deadlines um, and, and just scheduling and all the details. So I feel like it definitely has influenced my business and my patterns greatly. Yeah. How would you describe to our listeners your kind of overall style? Do you have, you know, certain motifs you kind of circle back around to or color palettes? Like what, what does that look like when you describe your style? Yeah. Um, it's actually changed a little bit and I can definitely, when you hear the word, somebody has a signature style, I I'm starting to feel like I know what that is. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say my designs are, um, definitely a little more traditional, not modern. Um, they, they're floral romantic. Um, they have vines and leaves. They're just soft color palettes or sometimes a brighter color palette, but along the lines of nature colors, um, love the pinks, love the green. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just, I love designing floral quilts. They bring me so much joy. I'm so inspired by nature and outside. And I feel like when I bring that into my home, you know, right now we have no plants growing. I mean, my tulips are one inch big, so I don't get it. You know, (laughs) I don't get to be excited about them yet. Um, but just having my floral quilts surround me in my home, it feels like I brought my garden inside all year round. And I really love that. I just love it so much. It brings me so much joy. I love that your first quilt that you attempted to make too was a grandmother's flower garden. So I feel like flowers just kind of keep coming back and it's like full circle. And now you're designing your own patterns with strong floral influence. And that's really fun, but you're like putting your own spin on it. I know. I just thought about that a couple months ago. I'm like, I actually started with a floral quilt. I, you know, went around and found exactly what I wanted to do, uh, a weird way of experimenting, but like, I absolutely enjoy floral quilts Mm -hmm. and I just don't know what it is about it. But when I see one, it could be mine or somebody else's. And I'm like, Oh, I love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Just get a little kitty looking at them. (laughs) I do. I do. And I don't, I don't know what it is, but I am in a house full of boys and I was in a profession filled with men and boy things and not glamorous and not girly at all. And I feel like 
my quilting studio and what I create is exactly where my heart is and it's girly and it is feminine and it is romantic. And I get to play in that all day and it makes me so happy. Uh, They're beautiful. I love your patterns. They're just so fresh and unique and they almost have this look of applique to them, but they're not right. They're all machine (laughs) pieced. Yes. Okay. So I have a funny thing. I love applique quilts. I think they are beautiful. But I don't have the patience or the time to make one, right? I've tried applique and I'm like, this is so beautiful. And I have so much respect for the people that do it. Oh, it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of made it a little bit of my design mission to take what would traditionally be maybe an app, uh, like an applique um, and make it into traditional piecing. Now you lose a little bit of the elements, a little bit of the curves, but you're able to, the whole design element is still there. And that's kind of what I've been doing lately, especially with my designs moving forward is, you know, taking that inspiration from applique um, and, and creating it for the modern machine piecer. So that's kind of my goal right now. And most of my quilt patterns is to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you are definitely achieving it. It's so incredible what you can do with machine piecing. So Thank kudos you so to you. Much. It's beautiful. <laughs> now I will say my patterns do have smaller pieces to, mm-hmm. to achieve that look, but it's not hard at all. You know, it's simple folded corners, simple, just simple machine piecing, nothing hard. And I get that question a lot. They're like, oh my gosh, your pattern looks so hard. I'm like, if you know how to sew a triangle on a square or a square on a square to make a triangle or a corner square triangle, you will be just fine with any of my patterns. They're not hard at all. <laughs> that is encouraging to know because yes. <laughs> yeah. I have thought the same thing. I'm like, well, that's so beautiful. Can I do Uh that? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And everything is broken down in my pattern step-by-step with colored diagrams that really, so you really can just concentrate on the step you're on. And as long as you have a good quarter inch seam allowance and you're checking each piece after you've sewn them, um, and you're trimming them to the appropriate size in the pattern, it's just fine. And, you know, I will say my, my quilts are not perfect. You know, I started quilting what four years ago on a, you know, machine piecing. And so I still have a long journey as well, Mm -hmm. but you know, I'm like a finished quilt is better than a perfect quilt. I know everybody has heard that before. And sometimes my seams don't line up and you know what? It's just fine. It'll be just fine. You can still (laughs) love it. (laughs) I can still love it. Yes. Um, I've noticed that a lot of your patterns too are, you know, designed around a specific holiday or a season. Uh Is there a season that you particularly love designing for? Yes. So I love spring and summer. That is probably my number one favorite um, to design in just all the florals, all the flowers, just everything. The color palette is so beautiful, but I would also say I really do enjoy I mean, designing for the season. So designing for fall or Halloween or designing for Christmas and the cute little pumpkins and snowmen and and Christmas trees. And so um, in addition to making floral quilts, I love to make cute seasonal quilts, you know, stuff with bows, just everything just super cute in that season. Sorry to interrupt, but we have to take a quick ad break. We'll be back shortly with more of the interview. So you started your business about two years ago, your pattern business. Fast forward two years later, you've designed over 30 patterns. That is incredible. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I just need to ask, like, what does a typical like day week look like for you? And how do you get so much done? Like, do you have any tips for us mere mortals to like (laughs) help with our UFO collection? Like, how do you, how do you find time to carve away 
I'm being, you know, like a busy, a busy person, a, a mom, a wife, all those things. Yeah. Um, you know, after quitting or leaving my full-time job, um, I was like, you know, I can do the nine to five. That's not hard. And then it doesn't feel like work at the same time. So I will also work on the weekends and also work at night. Um, but I will say I, I schedule everything. I create internal deadlines that I very rarely push back unless it's for like a shipping delay or I can't show fabric yet. Um, so I really, I'm really hard on myself and I stick to those deadlines, schedule everything. Um, so I do work in my nine to five and I have a school age child. So he's, he's at school most of the time, so I can get a lot done. Um, but I think I just, I I have too much. I want to show the world. Mm -hmm. I have, I love to talk a lot. I love to get everything out. I just can't help it. Um, and I have a lot I want to show. And so I, I joke, but I do have um, probably a file on my computer that has over a hundred quilt patterns that are either just a, a thought that's just a jot down or halfway cooked or almost the way cooked that I can pull from. And like I said, I just have so much I want to get out there that I, ha- I have to do a lot of patterns <laughs> um, a year. So for instance, this year, I'm going to have 16 pattern releases and then I'll come up with a design that I love that I didn't already have planned out. I have to kick one of the designs out of my lineup for the year, which breaks my heart. Um, but I just do, I just do all the things, right? So I don't have hired help or anything right now. Of course, I would love that. <laughs> I mean, I do all the things. I, I'm the shipping department, marketing. I'm, you know, an accountant essentially for my business. I'm a designer. And I just have to make sure I'm time blocking out everything. So my day is time blocked out. I have a piece of paper where I write, okay, from eight to nine, this is what I'm doing. If I didn't finish it, it's okay. I'm still going to put it in the same time block tomorrow to get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, But time blocking has helped me a lot because I have a lot going on and I don't think I would get any of it done if I didn't just sit down, schedule my time with it. Mm -hmm. Even the things I don't like doing, you know, like taxes. It needs to be done. And so I try to approach the hard things first. Um, or sometimes I'll approach something that I know is going to be a quick win. So then the rest of the day, I'm like, oh, I achieved this. This is wonderful. I can achieve anything for the day. And I think just having that mindset about it all has to get done anyway. It mm-hmm. all has to get done. If you want it to be done, it's going to have to get done. So the hard, the good, the ugly, the bad has to be done. Um, and so just knowing that, you know, it's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to be easy, but just getting it done is going to make it worth it. And so that's kind of how I approach my pattern business. You know, if I have a lot of patterns I want to release, well, I'm going to have a lot of time on my hands to create them, release them, test them and everything. And so I just take it day by day, to be honest, but I am scheduled out probably four months ahead of, I mean, down to the details of, you know, this is the day I pick fabric. This is the day that I'm sewing, but this is also the same day why I'm writing the next pattern. So I have about six different things going on at once. You know, I'm either designing at the same time, I'm making another quilt, I'm releasing another quilt at the same time. So everything stacks up and you just have to stay super organized in order to kind of make it flow. But I'm not perfect. So some things get pushed 
away or dropped off. And I just have to be okay with that because, you know, I am one person. I don't have a design team. I don't, you know, have a team of people that can, can help and I can kind of give them work for. Um, so I think just knowing what's important to you, what you want to get done and just making the time one thing a day to just get it done. And you'll be surprised that it, at the, at the end of the month, you're like, wow, I got a lot done. And I approach that in a lot of everything I do. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that's important to you to step back at the end of the month, like you said, and reflect on all that you got done. Cause sometimes it's surprising. You can kind of Mm -hmm. forget what you've accomplished. Um, especially when it comes to our hobbies, like, um, you know, it's important. We don't always think about scheduling time for our hobbies, Yes, but a lot of times it's important. It's what fills us up and gets us excited, you know? Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's a great tip to just like schedule that time into your, to your calendar. Right. And then if you're feeling overwhelmed, break it down, you know, I'm going to make this quilt. Okay. But what goes into making this quilt? You got to cut, you got to press, you got to sew your seams. You, You have a lot to do. So just break it out detail by detail, and then schedule that detail. So schedule when you're going to cut the quilt, schedule when you're going to just assemble all the pieces, but you know, and then schedule the time that you're going to press and even 15 minutes a day, you can get a lot done, you know, at your sewing machine, just chain piecing. I do that a lot. Um, you really do get a lot done. So, and maybe that's why quilt alongs are so popular too, because it helps people break that down into a schedule and there's a lot of accountability in that sewing community. And I know you've done some quilt alongs in the past too. So Mm -hmm. I think that's really fun to see people come together and encourage each other. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about how quilting can be our happy place for a lot of people. And sometimes um, for a lot of us, our sewing studio in our homes is our happy place. And I love to hear about quilters sewing spaces. It's probably that like, you know, curious nature in myself. I want to peek behind the curtain and and see what everyone has going on. (laughs) So can you share with us a little bit about your home sewing space? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, so it changed recently. Um, I just moved into a really awkward living room. We just bought a home and it has an L-shaped living room that was not set up to be a living room. It honestly wasn't. So I just moved into essentially my living room. It has fireplace and everything um, because I really started outgrowing the space I was in was about just a standard bedroom size. Um, And it got really packed and I have this, a a large high cutting table, kind of like a bar height, um, just so I don't hurt my back because I am cutting a lot. Um, And so my space has completely changed. So I'm still trying to get adjusted to it because I mean, you can't see it, but I have a lot of stuff everywhere and essentially really no storage space to kind of organize it as well. Because a lot of living rooms don't have closets. (laughs) Yes. And then, um, so I have a lot of desires and goals for the space. Um, but it's not there yet. And that's totally okay. It doesn't bother me a bit. Um, but you know, I have area where I have my stash, you know, I have a lot of fat quarters. Um, I have areas where I have my books and because I also, I am a business, I have, you know, my printer, my shipping area, all the patterns that are paper patterns and products. Um, and then I also have a nice design wall that I made out of foam core boards and some batting, which was super easy, um, to kind of place my my blocks when they're kind of, you know, in construction. Um, 
but it's, I mean, it's typical, you know, got my sewing machine, some chairs. I, I have room for chairs, guys. It's crazy. I didn't have room for that before. Um, and then I have um, some quilt ladders that I like to drape some of my current quilts over. Um, it, I just have, you know, just all the things mm-hmm. and some bulletin boards and some natural light, which I love. Um, can't go wrong with that natural light. And this is yeah. probably the most natural light I've ever had um, before. And it's amazing. I love it. So yeah. um, I think coming I've had all sorts of different kinds of crafting spaces um, when we we move around a lot. So I've been in an apartment where I was in my master bedroom with my sewing desk. And then I had to, I had a cart full of stuff that I would then cart back into my son's huge closet and then pull it back out when I wanted to sew. And so I totally get, um, you know, some people wanting a larger space, but as long as you make it work for you in the moment, you can get a lot done with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I've done. So I kind of feel a little guilty with this large space. You know, I'm not used to being able to lay out a quilt fully on the floor. I think that's crazy. Um, before I, I, I mean, I had enough room to lay out like three blocks wide, um, on the floor. So I'm still adjusting, but I'm so thankful for this space. Um, I just, I can't believe that I'm able to I was able to ever function. Um, but it feels so good. Um, and I have vaulted ceilings. So that's, that's, that's fun. And I have a lot of plans for the space. Um, I want some built-in bookshelves so I can display all of my pretty stash so I can be more inspired every day. Um, but it's a work in progress and I'm okay with that because I don't have any time to do anything else right now. So I'm just letting it be what it wants to be and kind of morph into you know, I'll kind of see how I operate in it as I go and be able to make changes in the future. So, and how fun it's like in your living, in the living room area. So it's like kind of right in the heart of the home and you can Uh like spend as much time and you want with that, but I'm sure also, you know, be around your family too. So yes. Yeah. Very unique. Um, So I have also a sectional in here that eventually will be pushed into the basement so I can kind of spill over and maybe have a bed in here one day where I can drape my quilts um, so they don't get all wrinkled. But um, so just last night, my family was able to be in the living room while I'm in here. And it's it's awesome. I don't know if my husband loves it, but I love it because I'm always like come hang out with me. And he's like, I don't want to come in there right now. I don't want to hear your sewing machine going. And I'm like, Oh, you got to come in here. So it looks like a beautiful space. Yeah. Thank (laughs) you. Okay. Well, I want to wrap up here with some rapid fire questions. We like to call them. So I have five questions for you that are just quick, easy answers, whatever first comes to your mind. All right. First one is what is something that you are proud of? It could be either a project that you've completed or, you know, like a career or personal goal? Um, my magazine quilts. Nice. Yes. You just recently had one in Quiltamore, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Awesome. And so Beautiful. that was just so exciting. Like I still cannot believe it. Um, it was such a great opportunity. Yeah. And maybe more to come. Hint, hint. <laughs> hmm, I wonder, wonder maybe. what I'm working on this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Second question. What is a future goal that you have for yourself? Yes. Um, I would love to be a fabric designer. So I'm working on a fabric design portfolio and I'm also working on a quilting book proposal. So oh. I'm hoping those will be something good in the future. Yeah. Big things to come. I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> Great. Um, if you had to pick, what is your most cherished quilt? It could be either one that you were gifted or one that you've made. It would be my grandmother's flower garden quilt for sure. The first one, I still have it. So the one that launched it all. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Uh, what is the favorite part of what is your favorite part of the quilting process? Um, I love designing. That's probably my my top favorite choice is designing. And then I do like to make a couple of the blocks, but my uh, my second favorite choice is just when I'm putting all the blocks, all the sashing and all the borders and it's done. <laughs> yeah. And you see it all come together. Yes. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorite parts too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You're like rounding the, the final lap and you're like, yes, the end is in sight. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. And last question. What do you love most about being a quilter or part of this community? I just love that. It's just a bright light. Um, the support and generosity that quilters have is just unmatched to any other industry. And I'm so honored to be a part of it. I love it so much. Well, Heather, and girl time. Yes. <laughs> girl time. Yes. I love meeting new quilters. Well, yes. it has been such a pleasure talking with you today. I'm just so in awe of your enthusiasm and talent. You're just so creative and it's been great getting to know you a little bit more. And I know our listeners will also love hearing this conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I am so honored and so excited for this. Thank you. Yeah. And what is the best way for people to keep following all of the exciting things you have coming up? Yes. So you can follow me, um, on Instagram at my so quilty life. So is S E W. Um, and then on Facebook at my so quilty life. And then I have a website. It's, um, at my so quilty life.com. Perfect. All kinds of ways we can follow along. Yes. (laughs) Thanks so much, Heather. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much to Elizabeth and Heather for that great interview. Heather has a quilt coming up in the June issue of American Patchwork and Quilting, which goes on sale in April. The quilt is called Firecracker and is a modern patriotic design made up of stars and stripes, so be on the lookout for that. Heather is also running an adorable spool-themed block of the month right now called Year of Spools. Each month, she's releasing a seasonal block incorporating a spool into each design. So far, she's released two. The first is a spool in a heart called So Loving. The second is a spool with a clover design called So Lucky. Visit Heather's website, mysoquiltylife.com to see these designs and purchase the patterns. Heather also recently added some products to her shop so you can find stickers, mugs, and apparel on her website as well. Visit the show notes to find links to Heather's website and her social media accounts so you can see what she'll do next. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with a new episode next Monday. Until then, I hope you have a quilty week.